super proud because I did the math. And in two years of contributions, only two years, we have raised and contributed over $16,200 to that hospital via Intrepid Studios. So I'm very proud of that. And um, the top three people are going to get some merch from me specifically. The top person is getting merch from you. Um, and then on top of that, we've got... Um, yeah, I'm going to like take these because I did the platinum package with the extra life and it's literally like you pay 20 bucks. That also goes to charity. But with that, like they give you hook you up with stuff and things by hitting different. Welcome to the party. We are looking for more of your podcast for all things gaming with a focus on MMOs, RPGs, game development, and geek culture. I'm your host, Phoenix, also known as Samorg, returning today with my co-host, your Ashen Herald, Adelis. Hey, everybody. I have to pause myself to make sure I get it right. The years of... Uh, years of doing things a different way we gotta we gotta work on the announcer voice like 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 we're in like a oh, basketball yeah. game you're <laughs> you're ashen herald. you're ashen herald <laughs> Dayless. and that's funny because of a conversation earlier okay before we dig in gotta give a shout out to all of these supporters here on twitch youtube and kofi thanks so much for keeping this party's bags packed provision stock for all of your adventures here on the show and speaking of the show, if you'd like to show us some love, you can go over to the pin post at the LFM show over on Twitter. Check it out. Uh, go to our iTunes. Leave us a review. Leave us a comment. Um, and we will read that here live. You can also call into 1539-664-6801. And if you leave a voice message there, we can read or play rather that live on the show as well. Let's catch up a little bit. We've had two weeks. Or yeah, it's been about a little, little, yeah, I want to say two or three weeks. Yeah, because yeah, I got back last week, but we didn't do it that week. It's three weeks, isn't it? Okay. It is three, yeah. Okay, but episode 81, nope, 91. We're calling this one Lightbringers for a reason. It's going to have a multi, multi or <laughs> multiple meaning, I guess you could say. I was going to say multi-purpose, but that doesn't really work. So, oh, man, we got some things in uh, entertainment to talk about. We've got some things in gaming to talk about. And, uh, yeah, we got things just in general to talk about in terms of geek things. Um, I've got to start out by saying, because we're talking about our week, you know about it because you helped contribute to this. Our community as a whole raised over $6,000 for Extra Life Charity for the Radies Children's Hospital via Ashes of Creation, the game and development that many of us in this community are looking forward to, MMORPG and development. If you don't know about it, that's what it is. And I'm super proud because I did the math, and in two years of contributions, only two years, we have raised and contributed over $16,200 to that hospital via Intrepid Studios. So I'm very proud of that. And... Um, the top three people are going to get some merch from me specifically. The top person is getting merch from you. Um, and then on top of that, we've got, um, yeah, I'm going to like take these cause I did the platinum package with the extra life and it's literally like you pay 20 bucks. That also goes to charity. But with that, like they give you hook you up with stuff and things by hitting different, uh, objectives along the way. 
uh, that they sort of have uh, outlined and everything. And uh, it's it's a big added bonus because uh, Ashes of Creation is going to send us uh, Stephen Shreve, the CEO and creative director over at Ashes of Creation. And I'll be talking about this in the Pathfinder podcast on Sunday with even more hype. But he's going to be sending us a personalized like uh, gratitude video um they already sent me and connected everything to my account they gave me 10 keys to the alpha 2 to give away to whoever i want friends family uh community members whatever and because i already had access because i'm a kickstarter backer they actually did an even nicer solid which i just thought was like they didn't even have to do that but they gave me an extra one just because i already had it so we actually got 11. So I was like, hit up my little brother. He's got beta access. And I was like, hey, bro, like, check out their last thing. He loves the craft. He loves to, to harvest, to do professions and stuff like that, um, among other things. And I was like, you might want to check it out. Let me know if you want one. I, I'll give him the one they gave me for that. And that still is our 10. So I was like, plus, I'd love to play with my little brother in Alpha 2, right? Um, haven't played with the rest of us. Um, I could go on and on. I've been working on the master's core. It's coming along beautifully. Um, I'm, I'm doing something really fun. So if you want to support this podcast, any of the content, any of that at all, go over to kofi.com forward slash some It's in the links in the description. It's literally everywhere. Um, I've got like, there's basically tiers where people can be patrons and at different tiers, uh, people like Zod, for example, who are as a radiant core level and higher, you get a shout out in all video content. So shout out to you for being a radiant core member. Um, we recently also had Okru join over there as a uh, supporter over on Kofi and Kofi supports the master's core, my content, these podcasts, everything, um, you know, so if you want to be a bigger part of the content or this, this bigger like project as a whole, um, maybe check it out. Zod also has a, um, and I thought this was a really fun thing to do. And I, I want to talk about it here because this isn't like, this is geek specific and it's related to what I do. And this is really exciting because I did the commission. It's like literally 20 bucks, right? You you could do it. You could pay higher if you want, whatever. But the commission is I do a bio for your character in the world of the, the master's core, the one I'm creating. And I was like, oh, you know, what's even better than this. Like I get to like showcase through character bios, I could pick a time period, whatever, and give you a snapshot of this world in that time period. And if it fits in somehow, based on like sort of like that general description that I get from you, and I place in a time period where it works, it could be a background character that I just I just write into the book as a supporting character that's in there somewhere. Or, you know, I like showcase something about the world that you won't get potentially in the books through that bio. And I'm pretty stoked because there's these really just really freaking evil witches in the world that spun up after or right around like the, the end of the first age. And his dwarf story is going to tie into them and like this massive plague tree and plague fire and all these like horrible things that that they're just up to. They're just they're 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 fucking evil. And they're one of the several really evil like aspects in the world you just like you just hate them because they're just really really bad so it's going to be fun because in the bio i'm going to write that up i'm going to share it with people and you're anybody who like knows about that bio of his is going to get to learn a little bit something about the world 
through that. So I think it's fun because it's not even in my first book referencing that at all. So that's going to be just a complete little added bonus that exists out there in this little character sheet. And I'm going to find a way to do something fun with it, too. So I'm pretty stoked, man, because I've been working on on the stories and um, we've been playing Albion online, which is I'm going to segue into you kind of catching me up to speed on what you've been up to for the past uh, two to three weeks now. But we got a, a community night coming up literally tomorrow. Albion online is free to play. Getting through that um, sort of like the walkthrough new player walkthrough is relatively easy. You can do it in about a day pretty easily if you play and you enjoy it. Um, so there's not a big barrier to entry. People in our community can play together. Um, and every time I go live with that, it's just, it's nice because I get to actually play with somebody in our community every single time. So it's, it's fun. We spun up the guild today. Um, I'm still torn on whether or not I'm going to actually, re-roll the damn thing because of my OCD. Um, but we'll see what happens. Worst case scenario, I roll it up tomorrow, whatever. But it's nice to actually play with my friends and actually get into a game and have something I can actually play regularly right now. So we'll be doing it tomorrow. You're Anybody who hears this, who's watching now, I encourage you to be there to hang out with the homies. It's a fun time. And uh, definitely looking forward to doing that as we're, many of us are waiting for Ashes of Creation right now. But um. Why don't you catch me up on uh why don't you catch me up on what you've been up to? Yes, my OCD. Absolutely true. Yeah, I'll tell you, I would do I would have be the same way with that. I'm like, no, yeah. it's not right. I gotta fix that. Um, but like like for me, I just like I took a bit of time off of work and relaxed and hung out with some uh, some friends and actually dug quite a bit into Gotham Knights and also been casually playing Al Albion online as well. And it was that was a good time this week. Got a chance to run some dungeons with the guild mm -hmm. so that was a lot of fun Heck yeah but yeah i've been been having a been having a good time i'm really enjoying i'm getting to the point at which i understand some of the reviews now with gotham knights oh. but i would say like there was a lot of content that i really did enjoy and i i kind of looked past it being an arkham game and okay. just kind of took it for what it was and I thought it was a really fun experience. I think as I'm getting down into the, I guess, the end game, it's kind of similar to other games where that it falls short. It's like, mm. okay, this is this is too grindy for me. So I've just been trying to take it more slow. But it is, uh, it is a good, uh, it is a good time. Uh, but yeah, that's what I've been doing the past few weeks. Yeah, man, it's actually it's good to hear that about that game. I, I'm gonna be honest, man. Uh, and I think this is something we're going to be talking about today. I care a lot less about video games these days. You know, and you're probably, some people might go, is it because of age? Is it because of things like you're busy with your own books and stuff? Yeah. I mean, it's easy to think that that could be what contributes, but it really, it isn't right. Because I, th I see certain games. And I'm just like, Oh, that's really awesome. But the majority of the games that I'm even seeing exist, I just don't care, you know, because it, it, it's so much of another one of the same. And it's the same thing with shows and a lot of movies. Entertainment as a whole, to me, is so homogenized. Nothing feels very unique about it. It's the issue with like the Rings of Power. That was part of the issue with Quantum Leap that I was having. But I'm, I have still haven't watched Beyond I think episode five. So I need to watch some episodes still. 
I feel like at least so far with where I'm at, it feels like I feel like there's a chance it could redeem itself. I'll I'll be honest with you, not to interrupt, but sure. it take it takes a turn, and I don't mean that in a bad way. Okay, cool. I feel like they're finally kind of getting into a good feel because you there was a lot that happened at the start that it was like, man, that didn't really sit well in terms of storytelling. Now I feel like they're getting into their their thing. So I I think I'm caught up now with all the episodes. And I would have to say they are there is like I, I would let and I I guess I kind of led the witness a bit, but I would like your opinion, like you know, the next time we chat about this, like if you think the same thing, but I do feel like if mm. I look at like their first few episodes and the ones more recently. I'm starting mm. to kind of get a feel like it's coming into its own and the story's coming together better and they're they're doing something unique at the same time they're still they're kind of more true to the formula that really worked for the original which is I think what we talked about before is like that whole kind of Star Trek vibe where everything is like a message but they're not beating you over the head with it it's about people and people with real issues and so on mm -hmm. um and it and it it does it's sitting more i guess more comfortably with me than it did early on you kind of had to slog through the first few episodes that's kind of good to hear you know today's episode's called Lightbringers. Mm -hmm. you know and uh i i, I think I feel like Lightbringers to me is like I almost look at that as like the diamond in the rough these days. Like it's the light in the darkness, not the presumed light in the darkness catchphrase people use because marketing, but like the light in the darkness. And I feel like what we did with our charity event was a big part of that. Like I talked about like paying for the platinum and everything. One of the cool things is you get like a silver and a gold medal at certain points, which we were way past. I'm going to take everybody who contributed to that. I already gave them like a roll of Discord. Uh, some people got merch coming. But I'm going to take the people that all donated every name and I'm going to throw that shit on there. I'm going to put it in this like shadow box thing. I'm going to dress it up, make it look cool. Put it behind me so you can see it every time I'm streaming somewhere. Because I'm very proud of it. Like that's something like, you know, when I'm a content creator, or I lead a podcast, I lead a community. Like that's like, I'm really proud of that. And these days I feel like there's not a lot of light bringers, whether you're talking about philanthropy, you know, contributing to like kids and helping a greater cause. If you're talking about like someone willing to take a risk to put something, you know, like uniquely different out there as opposed to this homogenized another one of the same, whether we're talking games, movies, whatever it is, like being unique and different, taking a risk. I mean, sometimes charity events are kind of a risk you're going but how is that it's like well you can set a goal and never know some people might take a risk of contributing money when maybe they're even sometimes in a hard place i never really encourage people to do that under those conditions but people still do it and there's something about taking a risk because you believe in something or something that you believe matters that i i think is very important and I can't stress that enough. Uh, to me, that's that's kind of like being a bit of a light bringer because to me, the homogenization 
is like the darkness kind of. I don't feel like there's anything new. It doesn't push things forward, whether it's the genre of a video game, whether it's movies, whether it's, you know, uh, a series. I mean, uh, on the list of today, we've got things that are uh, tying to series or shows that are, I mean, how many reboots are we getting? It's a reboot because Hollywood's got this focus on getting what's going to be a guaranteed paycheck, return on investment. They're not taking risks with screenwriters anymore or people who write books uh, or things like that. Um, and, they, and they're relying on these like crutches, these these catchphrases. Um, I think Embers Adrift is a really great example of that. I was worried Quantum Leap was going to be that, but I'm feeling where I left off, maybe it won't be. You're saying this, I'm going, could be a matter of finding your footing and that could be fair. Um, I mean, I'll be honest with you, yeah. like Game of Thrones, it took me like three tries at season one before I actually sure. sat down and forced myself to like, well, I wouldn't say force myself for the whole thing, but like yeah. get past the, that first season to really dig into it and really like love the show. Right. Yeah. So I kind of feel like not that Quantum Leap is Game of Thrones level, <laughs> but it's still it's still like, OK, there was a the first few episodes were a little rocky, but now they're kind of getting into something that is their own. Right. Cause I'm, I'm okay with reboots as long as they make it their own. They have like, and they respect the spirit of the prior show. Right. I've seen a lot of reboots that have done that and done it well. Um, so yeah, that that's, I agree with you in terms of content. I would say I'm in the same place you are with gaming like specifically the MMO genre outside of say Ashes of Creation, which yeah. I mean, it's not even out yet, but like anything like in the mainstream, I'm like, I have no appetite for. There's a few like single player right. kind of experiences that I'm like, look, really looking forward to, but it's not as consistent as it was like earlier, right? Before we really started getting a lot of these cash grabs, like not really like, community oriented releases uh and like where like mm -hmm. a, back in the day like a pre-order wasn't an issue now it feels like a super big risk like even on those triple a titles like we've yeah. seen like cyberpunk is one that comes to mind that like oh you know they're great everybody's gonna pre-order that and then they had what they had which was not necessarily the the greatest showing and a lot of issues that they couldn't really get past for a long time. And I think the industry hopefully is going to start like moving in the right direction. Again, there's some development studios that I think are, and some that are pushing the envelope like mm -hmm. intrepid to really kind of get and demonstrate if you really, you know, go back to your roots, go back to what made MMOs great and really focus on the content and the passion and not and creating good quality versus creating something that you think will make money, which is two completely different approaches. And one is successful and one isn't. I'll let you guess which one is which. <laughs> shocker. <laughs> yeah, shocker, right? Jeez, man. You know, that's one of the things I don't really care about with Embers Adrift, that game. I've, I, every, every now and again, someone chimes in and they're like, you know, they'll see like one of the videos I did before it launched where I'm basically ragging on it. But it's like, I'm not off, dude, in my opinion. Like, I still stand by what I said. I don't think it's a very good game because it's like, yeah, but it appeals to the older school people. It's like, OK, fair enough. 
but there's nothing unique about it. There's nothing, in my opinion, captivating about it that really is like, oh, this is really cool. This is really interesting. I'd really like to jump into here because something about it excites me. And nothing about it excites me, right? It's like another one of the same. It's like a homogenized mess. And I think it's bad for the genre, personally. Um, I mean, you got games like, uh, you know, New World that are doing some new things. You got games like good old Arcade. We got another fresh start server for you. I'm like, how many times have you done this? Over and over and over, dude. It's another same shit, different day situation. So, you know, with Quantum Leap, I mean, I don't know. There was that. Well, there is the link that you shared. I'm going to link it. I'm not going to. I don't know if it's going to be a spoiler for me to read it. Read yeah, it. it is. There, there is it. some spoilers there. So, like, if you are interested in the show and mm-hmm. you haven't caught up, I would say that there is there's a few it. things that it <laughs> talks about there. Cool. Um, but yeah, I, and I think, you know, I like I saw the article. I kind of had this thought myself. I, I do feel like it's, you know, it's coming into its own. Yeah, it was a little rocky at the start. And they are trying to play with things Mm -hmm. to kind of make it more interesting. Because I know like one of the things, and this is not really a spoiler, but one of the limitations in the original show is, you know, Dr. Sam Beckett could only leap within his lifetime. Right. And so they did something like recently where, okay, they have this, you know, new technology that they just installed. And now they've they've taken like that restriction out, which I thought was really smart because if so, they would be kind of stuck in the eighties and nineties, not to say they weren't, those weren't good decades, but it really limits like creatively what you can do. Um, So, so yeah, I do feel like, again, they're, uh, they're getting there. I would be interested, like if anyone else is a fan of the original series and they've watched this, if they have the same thought. Or if it's just me. I mean, I think that's a really fair point, though. Like, with them making that change, I think that's something that would have been really important for them to do if they really wanted to have the greatest chance of success. Also, from a historical perspective, you could go anywhere and potentially really create your own, like, story in a setting that was a time frame, like 10,000 BC or something, right? Like, yeah, who knows? Like, you know what I mean? You could get into some fun things. Imagine going and like, you know, hitting on something that happened back in like Egypt, you know, ancient Sumerian stuff, like mm-hmm. go jump back and like create something fictional that's based on like speculation uh, from historical perspectives. I mean, there's a lot of things you could do. Um, I got one thing I got to share and I'm popping it up on the screen. It's going to hurt you more than it's going to hurt me probably because I've had time to re- let this resonate. Bad robot games. Oh, Yeah. The new Silent Hill, it's not even on the list because I have no interest in the new Silent Hill games and I'm freaking bummed by that. Yep, because Bad Robot's a part of it and that right there, automatic. Bad Robot used to do great things, in my opinion. Fringe, Lost, like those things were pretty good. I Mm -hmm. love Fringe, but they got to a place where it's like retelling the same stories taking IPs and, in my opinion, kind of butchering them up, etc. I don't feel positive about what you're going to be doing with games. Yeah. Like Silent Hill is going to be one that they're going to be a part of. I'm like, oh. And I watched it and I was like, Ooh. it didn't have that feel to it. 
it looks like it's in Japan and all this stuff. And it looks like, you know, but I'm just like, ah, it doesn't have that same dark element to it. It felt very hollow just looking at it. And I was like, oh, this is the problem we've been having. Yeah. I mean, the games that really worked were the ones that created connection with the characters, whether they were characters you were playing or characters you're interacting with atmosphere like i was just thinking of like even just taking graphics off the table like completely mm-hmm. when you look at like games like and i think they they're coming out with or they've come out with like a return to monkey island but even like the original monkey island i mean there was just so much heart in a game like that and the graphics were like you know pixel right yeah so it's there's there's definitely something to be said that if you have like the heart in it all those other things are going to fall into place and people are going to enjoy the experience but i agree with you like if if you get the feel like i think we had the same feeling with rings of power too is that if you just get this feeling of it being like a veneer or hollow or whatever right you're you're not going to get into it as much as you would when it really gives you that experience. I mean, one game that I was thinking of that really did that is the Uncharted series. And it didn't necessarily have the greatest graphics until like the fourth installment, Mm -hmm. but just the story, it felt like you were in a movie, you were interacting, you got close to the characters because you were really experiencing the the story through them. And I think Mm -hmm. that's what's missing in, in games lately. I think that's a pretty good point too. I there's just like a hollow nature to a lot of things as of late, and it just makes me not super interested a lot of the time. Which is why whenever you know I'm able to jump into something with the community, like we've been doing lately, I just feel very happy about that because it feels so few and far between for me these days. Um, I wanted to say. I don't know. I don't know here the other day, but you know, I started watching recently because I was like, I need to give this all the way through. And I'm curious what you think about this as well. But the Winchester's is coming out based on Supernatural. Mm-hmm. Supernatural, I got to season 10 and there's 15 of them. So I started watching that again. I love Supernatural. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I've been watching and I, I think, um, don't get me wrong, like Jensen's my boy. I think this was a really good choice creatively. I think the first few episodes were kind of having that same challenge we were talking about. It didn't feel like it was there. Now, um, now I feel like it is. Okay. It's getting to the right point and it really dug into some of the more mm-hmm. of the characters' backstories. So I would agree. Um I would agree that there's uh there's there's potential with that too because I wasn't really keen on it at first, but being a longtime Supernatural fan, I definitely think that's worth it. And I would I think I would love to rewatch that series again. There's a few that I'm going to look back on. I think another one, not necessarily in the same like genre like series wise, but I've actually been contemplating going back and watching the Blacklist from the start. Oh, that's again, a good one. To get, that is a really good yeah, one. Yeah, it is. You know, um, which one has been really surprising me lately? Which one? Man, freaking Andor. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. After Obi-Wan, I was like, God bless. What have you done? 
This is good. It's got like a spy aspect to it, which I, I like that they're doing it. They're do I look, it's no shocker Disney is trying to cap like capitalize as much as possible on all things Star Wars, okay? We know it's about money at the end of the day, right? But the Mandalorian's good. Obi-Wan, mm, I don't know about that. I don't know about the Boba Fett book thing. I don't know if that's yeah, I don't know about that one. But Andor? I think I watched, yeah, I watched maybe like half of the first episode and I'm like, I might need to revisit this when I'm in a different mood because it wasn't sitting right with me with Book of Boba Fett. Yeah, well, that one almost seemed like it was a hasty spinoff of The Mandalorian for the sake of like, this is performing really well. Let's see if we can make some more money on this. All right. Mm hmm. Obi-Wan, I felt like, was also sort of the same thing. I hate to say it. I really do. I couldn't make it through because I was like, this is so boring. Little baby Leia is basically the boss lady to freaking Obi-Wan. And, like, this doesn't make sense to me. And now you met Darth <laughs> Vader. And this is absolutely still as fuck. But Andor, piggybacking off the Rogue One stuff, mm, that one's some good stuff right there. And I like that they're doing something different. They're not going to try and take characters we've seen already and try to find a way to give you more on them. Instead, they're leaving that alone and going, let's do something different. I love the background aspect of what's going on. These like background characters that are supporting the greater cause in that period, which was against the Empire, right? That is cool, and it's completely its own thing, but supports it. Rogue One did that. I thought mm -hmm. that was cool, right? Because it wasn't like, we're going to go take characters you all know and try to like give you, make up some more stuff with them. Instead, it's like, we're not going to touch that, but remember how all this is going on? Check out some of what was going on in the background and some of their stories. That is great, because that hits on the mark of what Lotro does for like the Lord of the Rings, if you play the MMORPG. Your background mm -hmm. character, it's still meaningful, it's still important, it's still a fun time. It's still a lot for you to do, but you're not the chosen one. You're not watching that. You're watching, uh, there are all these other souls that are have a greater stake in this too than these main characters. And we're gonna give you a snapshot of like how these other people, cause you gotta keep in mind, right? Luke, Leia, Han Solo, all these, Chewbacca, like, yeah, they, 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 they made a hell of a difference and yeah, they were the spearhead, but they weren't the only ones working hard to make sure this was successful. Right. And when you watch rogue one, it was like, Oh, here's it enriches that story. And I feel like Andor is doing that too. And they're giving you not only that, but from the spy perspective, which I think is, we don't really get to see at all so far mm -hmm. outside of games, maybe, but, it it's going good captivates me yeah i'll have to check that out because i it is in my like watch list i just haven't gotten to it yet so i oh man i really uh i really like because actually in anticipation of that i did watch rogue one again um so i'm actually already primed to kind of watch the series so i'm glad to hear it it's good stuff mm -hmm. you know else is good stuff fucking house What's of that? the dragon Oh, I gotta watch Across that. Across the fucking <laughs> face of the rings of power, dude. There's no comparison. No comparison. Oh, I'm excited, dude. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, it, I love it, dude. And when we got to the last episode, I was like this, man. And that last moment, I was like this. Oh, my God. Damn. Now I gotta fucking wait. 
that's a good show, man. Grabs you right up, man. Grabs you right by the whatever you want to call it and holds you hostage, man. Just waiting for it to come to an end. And it started off in the first few episodes, like kind of. And they changed like the the characters, you know, because they over time got older and get it. You know, they kind of did to me what they did in The Crown. But damn, dude, freaking House of the Dragon. Oh, did it deliver? It did. It really freaking did. And it's good to see that it could, too. I mean, if I was to compare it to like Game of Thrones and how it started off, this one just comes out swinging pretty early. That's good. I'm glad you did. And I know some shit's going to go down later, too. It's big time. Yeah, so it's going to be good to see. I'm looking forward to it. I'm stoked about it. So Andor is awesome. That's a really good time. House of Dragons is a really good time. The Rings of Power was painful, just in a lot of ways. But hey, I encourage them to make the next season. You know why? Thanks for the great content. Tolkien <laughs> fans have bonded together over that hot mess, let me tell you. Channel's doing great as a result, so I appreciate it. Thanks. Keep keep bucking up. Good job, Amazon. I heard that their uh, their actual Amazon Primes uh, have diminished too. People are not subbing as much. Yeah, as a matter of fact, they actually added things to Prime to entice people to stay. I think is like Amazon music, more Amazon music stuff. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Because, you know, Walmart Plus is a thing now. I think it was Disney Plus partnered with Walmart and Walmart's delivering things quickly. But and you're also going to get the streaming service tied into that. So it's like alternatives are sprouting up. You know what I really wonder when it comes to the Rings of Power? I What's wonder because Jeff Bezos said his kids told him not to screw it up. I would love to be a fly on the wall <laughs> if just to see if they were disappointed and looked at him with that disappointment, like what a, what a, what a horrible decision you made father. You let me down. (laughs) Right. There ain't no money. It's gonna, if that was true, there's no money. It's going to solve that problem. Yeah, for sure. So, yeah, I saw something in the news too. And it's something I may or may not be chatting about in the near future, but Elijah Wood, I've got this pull right here, this quote, and it was a, uh, he said to empire, uh, when he was talking about the rings of power. And I uh, think this is an interesting point because it's one, well, it's an interesting point. He stated, I find it bizarre that they're calling it Lord of the rings as a shorthand because it's not Lord of the rings. He's not wrong. Wood said via Empire, it takes place in the second age of Middle Earth. I'm fascinated by what they're doing with the show. They're calling it the Lord of the Rings, but I think that's slightly misleading. From what I understand, the material they are working on exists chronologically further back in history and the lore of the Lord of the Rings or Middle Earth than any characters represented in Lord of the Rings. Yes, and in regard to what the Lord of the Rings stories are about, but we know why they did it. You know, Lord of the Rings. Come here for more Lord of the Rings. It's to to bring them in. It's to bring people in. That's all it is. It's like it's a it's nostalgia bait and entertainment. So that's the long and short of it. Now I'm not going to look at this quantum uh, leap thing, but can we talk about this realistic woman model that you sent me, rendered in Religion Five? Holy shit! 
I'm on LinkedIn yeah, chat. Yeah, Unreal 5. There's a, like a few screenshots where I'm like, oh, yeah, I could tell it's CGI. But the first one they showed, oh, my damn. I could not believe like how that literally looks looks like, you know, somebody's at a movie premiere or something. So they're definitely getting there. I think Jeez. the realistic holodeck is within our lifetime, I, <laughs> I think, at this point. Oh or at least God. from a VR perspective, right? Being able to think like people actually look like the real deal. Oh my God, that last one with a really close up of her face. Like some of the hair may be a little too perfect, but the face itself is like, geez. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And the eyeliner looks worn like she's been running around after she put it on earlier in the day. You're like, dude, that's crazy, <laughs> man. Damn, dude. I, I agree. I think we're definitely getting to that point. 100%. Things in entertainment, Avatar The Way of Water. Yeah, have you seen that? Looking I have beautiful. Not seen, I haven't seen the trailer yet for that one. It's looking good. It's looking as clean as we remember it. I think if I remember uh, correctly as well, they've, if I'm not mistaken, they made it to where you can go in to, uh, maybe it's not something you can do now, but they did for a while there. We could go into the theater and watch it again. Mm-hmm. Avatars, I don't know if it's still there. If you've got it in your city and you feel comfortable going to the theater, I'm just telling you, Avatar in the big screen, it, you don't get that experience, man. You, it, it, it just looked so immersive in a theater compared to... I did the 3D, the shoot. IMAX 3D. That was mind-blowing. That was definitely mind-blowing. Insane. I'm curious about where they're going with the story. You know, it's looking pretty good. I, I'd say I'm, I would be very curious to see what other people think. So if you haven't, maybe go check it out. Uh, let us know what you think in our Discord, discord.gg forward slash morgue. Share your thoughts, feedback. I'm curious what you think. I'm, I mean, I get why this one took so long to get to making. And then if they're going to do a third one, it'll probably take a long time to get to that too. It's, yeah. I mean, the level of realism you're going for, That's that kind of stuff takes like a lot of time. And it's not just a character like Gollum in The Lord of the Rings. It's that it's it's everything almost. Every new scene, every new location, every new creature, every new person, it's all got to be made. Mm-hmm. So, and the world's insane. I love the aspect I love about Avatar, though is the ambient lighting and you know in my books right well after i watched avatar i will 100 percent tell you this there's something specific to the world um that makes it so like at night the world looks like that and i 100 percent drew influence from avatar because i was like that's amazing to walk around at night and everything is like glow in the dark because the planet's alive like that's freaking amazing yeah, I mean, it, like the first thing that I thought of when I was in um, some of the testing stuff for mm-hmm. ashes specifically and the bioluminescence, mm-hmm. I just I love that. And I yeah, I know yep. Stephen's a fan of the bioluminescence too, but just like getting into that, I mean, I'm really looking forward to that. And actually, like, not to mention the game that 
shall not be named, but um, I that what actually that's what I like the most about Zanger March. Um, right, Burning Crusade was that um, definitely. I feel like there was a zone in Legion that had that too. I can't remember which one it was. Oh yeah. Um was that the I one with the you... was that the night, uh the night whatchamacallit one with the, the Night other... Haven? Yes, night I think. Haven. No? It's the one where you had to go do that uh faction thing with the the elves. It was like whatever those elves are called. I've forgotten them now at this point because yeah. I played. Yeah. Not I... Night elves, but they're like those like I don't know what they're called something else but their their whole place was sort of like it felt like that but ashes of creation underrealm stuff even some of the overworld stuff it's gonna have that element too that bioluminescence i just love that zinger marsh was similar 100 agree with you there any any game any any work any fantasy world where you get that i just i love it yeah Absolutely. I think even like Legend of Zelda, I forget which one, but had some aspects of that too. I can't remember which one it was. Breath of the Wild sort of did actually. It was more related to the the techie stuff, but there was definitely some of that as well. So yeah, super cool. Why don't you tell people about what's going on in the background there? Oh, my boy John Wick. <laughs> There's a couple of things there. Um, mm -hmm. Well, definitely they just dropped a trailer for the next John Wick, which is like, yeah, can't wait. Love that series. Oh, yes. But there is some discussion around having a John Wick game. And I know there's one out there already. Uh, John Wick Hex, which is kind yeah. of like a strategy thing. I tried it. I wasn't a fan, but I am very interested in um, what they're planning to do with uh, a John Wick video game, because I would love to see something like action. I honestly like in terms of like Uncharted, in terms of like uh, the way they set it up, where it's kind of like, got, like it's like a movie action. I would love to see them incorporate something like what they did in Arkham in terms of combat, where it's like a flow type of thing i think that would be good but be interesting to see like when that's planned to come out and if it's anything to coincide with the actual release of the movie which that would be a little ambitious unless they've already been working on it and they just have stopped haven't mm -hmm. talked about it yet but um but yeah i would love to see um i would love to see a john wick video game like a true john wick video game something like triple a not like what they had because i think john wick hex was like kind of like a strategy game and it was almost like what i would refer to as like gunfire chess i think that's what the article referred to it as as well um but it it it's good that they're thinking about this doing something with a more sizable budget because i think that will uh that will help that will definitely help dude you know what game I would envision being like the right dude, I could see a GTA style John Wick game. Go collect your bounties, like how bad are your choices gonna be? Cause like you could be a you could make really bad choices. I don't know that John Wick as a character would, but you could see some style game where you go out, like you collect bounties, you go take out things. Maybe there's like limits on what you can do in regard to, you know really bad choices because of your character 
but there could still be like a lot of agency in regard to like missions you could do types of things you could do i don't know that i'd want to see one like that but that kind of game is like an easy fit for something like john wick just because of the nature of it you know and you know what's interesting too i didn't realize this from the article but they are actually announced they announced on thursday they're working on a prequel series for john wick on of course amazon prime oh no <laughs> but it's i think domestic viewers can that's international but domestic viewers can watch it on peacock and it's set in the uh in the 70s and it focuses on the uh the guy uh, ian mcshane's character from the right. movies but they they've got a different actor there okay. and uh yeah so that that's interesting too i mean i like that universe but i would probably in terms of like gameplay i i would probably veer like personally i don't know that gta will be like the sweet spot for me i think yeah. it definitely like almost going to be like an arkham type of game where you're Ooh. going after people and it's like but your goals are like different bounties but then you've got like depending on how far you progress you might have more people try to prevent you from taking those bounties out i think it was kind of like maybe um what's that game that came out recently with the time it's like kind of is it something loop bullet no death loop oh right death loop. Yeah, okay. yeah Deathloop had something like that, but it was more of like a rogue-like rogue kind of like, thing. Yeah. And it, yeah, so I don't know. That may work maybe a little better, but I think both could could work. And even mm. like an open-world John Wick universe game where you're your own John oh, wow. Wick, and that would be that would be good GTA style. Yeah, it would, I would man. be down with that. Man, dude, I'm just like thinking about the things, you know. The thing about Amazon is like they I just don't think they're good at fantasy. Like you look at their sci-fi stuff, they get that yeah. right. You look at Reacher, they did that right, right? You look at yeah, the boys for the most in the earlier part, at least I don't know about the latter stuff, but pretty okay. So yeah, the last season wasn't wasn't yeah, I would say bad. It was it was it was decent. So there's like certain things they get, but when they take on fantasy epic fail dude it to me yeah epic it's fail. very silicone if i have yeah. to put a word to it oh my god you mean like the numenorean armor like geez dude <laughs> oh look they're here in rubber suits they're here in rubber suits but they look like armor i'm like god <laughs> dude so it, regardless of how you feel about it we got another reboot I'm saving one of the big topics for last, though. It's going to be a bit of a... Because I got a rant on this one. I already had a rant on this one, but we're going to talk about it again because it's twofold. The Crow reboot. Ooh, ooh, ooh. That... All I'm going to say is make sure you check and keep your blanks from your bullets oh, no, separate, dude. please. I'd say too Poor soon, Brandon. but how long it's been? Gosh my homie brandon man i was brandon. messed up for him to pass like that man yeah there was i can't remember like i saw like a long time ago like a documentary on that and it's crazy because they were talking about like the bruce lee curse and yeah like, it's kind of trippy all of man. that 
it is pretty trippy but i i actually wish them the best because i did really like the crow movies and i i i I do feel like old can be new again with the right i don't want to say formula but with the right approach um and so i'm i'm cautiously optimistic about the crow um the crow reboot and bill skarsgård is pretty good i do like him in the stuff he's done so be interesting to see how he handles eric draven yeah and you had oh man i'm just like really curious to see what they're going to do with this i agree with the movies like i felt like the crow movies after the original crow i felt like they were good but then they like got bad as they went along yeah they got they went from like decent to super bad yes yeah i think the last one was was it there was like Oh, the television adaptation. Do you remember that? 19. It was called The Crow Stairway to Heaven, and it was 1998. I remember that briefly. That, I, I did not watch that because I think by that time I was like, DD dead. Yeah. <laughs> it was one season, is all I got for probably good reason. You can imagine. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> well, it's like the thing with The Crow, right? Is like you can do a movie. But you can only retell that story uniquely so many different times. And the original one, it's like if you're wanting to tell that same story again, you could remake it and do it well. Right. But to go beyond the original Crow story to me, it just kind of doesn't. I yeah. I can't see myself watching it a whole lot because every time I've tried to, it, it just feels like you're trying to draw out the, the original story and you're not doing a good job with it, right? I think the first one was like, was it Salvation or was it? No. Uh, City of Angels. City of Angels was first. That was the first one. That one wasn't bad. But then as he got beyond that, I was like, mm, mm. Yeah, that's when they started beating a dead horse. <laughs> yeah. And that was like, I was like pretty bummed whenever, you know, he passed and stuff too. But there, can we got to talk about that for a minute, man. Like, you gotta admit that's really strange. Like their ages, both Bruce Lee, his son Brandon Lee, things being related to the damn movies that they were in and things that were going on. Like yeah. it's just strange. Like how do you how do you have real bullets in a in any weapon on a studio stage? Well, wasn't I, if oh, I remember sorry. correctly, it I was a bad blank. I apologize. Yeah, yes. Like they call them a wad cutter because I think they were used specifically like to uh, I can't remember the reason why they have these types of bullets there, but they just got mixed up. And that's what happened. Like, I, and again, right. I think the whole thing was a sus, in my opinion. Yeah, it's weird. It was just, yeah, it was just so weird. And like, even just like going back and them connecting the dots with, with Bruce versus Brandon. Strange. It was really creepy. Like it was eerie, man, to watch that. You're like, dude, it was one of those situations where it's like, I get that there's like conspiracy theories and horror stories and like people that are like tinfoil hat moments. That whole situation. I love Bruce Lee too. I loved I I loved his original stuff. Um and you know, he was like kind of part of like why like I was so fascinated with Jeet Kune Do, right? Which is his way, the way of the intercepting fist, right? Modified sort of like 
um, martial arts style. But man, I, I remember every time I watched a documentary on that, I was like, it felt so eerie. Mm-hmm. Like something in my gut was like, this just doesn't feel right. Like this whole situation. Mm-hmm. You can't place it, but logically, I can look at that whole scenario of how it played off. And I'm like, okay, I get how that can happen. I just don't get how you can allow something like that to happen. Yeah, I mean, especially with like, yeah. That was like, I that got me at the same time I was creeped out by the whole like connections they were making. Yeah. It just got me so upset. It's like, man, like you're this is your job you do this for a living exactly you failed you totally failed you get this one Uh, job somebody had one job right and they bombed it in the worst way you possibly can at the cost of someone's life and if i'm not mistaken i can't remember but isn't one of the shots that they had to use wasn't that he was the shot he took i can't remember if that's true yeah but there's isn't it the one on the table right it's the one with the table Mm-hmm. When he takes the shots, that's the shot where you see him get hit. And that's actually, yeah. you see him as he's about to die in real life in that table shot. Man, I imagine that had to be a horrible experience to be any of the people in that room that were there. Yeah, I imagine, yeah. Jeez, dude. We're going to save this topic for last. It's the best topic, in my opinion, we can have. I'm going to start off with this Witcher 1 remake. Combat should be head and shoulders better than the original. Look, the Witcher 1 combat system was pretty horrible. I've played it. It's strange. I've never seen anything like it. It's, yeah, I tried playing it geez. again after like a rematch. I'm like, I can't do this. Mm-hmm. I can't. Witcher 3 is a pretty good combat system. Just take that, you know? Take that, go with it, make it good. I know we're supposed to get that that one, the the revamp on the Witcher 3. Witcher 2 still doesn't look that bad, actually. I mean, in my opinion. Yeah, but, yeah it wasn't. It was mm. decent. But what's more important going on in Witcher news? Well, not the Witcher remake. I've heard some stories about people with the trilogy they're coming out with. There's like some rumors about that not looking very like it's going to be a very good thing. The big thing in the Witcher universe. And this to me is an absolute nail in the freaking coffin. They were already doing some things with that Netflix show that I was sus about. The first season, I was like, okay, uh, I mean, this isn't how it goes exactly, even in those short stories in the first book and into the second. But I can kind of like try to go with this. It, it fit enough. Season two did not fit enough. They did some really big things that absolutely deviated pretty far from canon. And now there's all these rumors about the writers don't even like the source material. They actually kind of hate it. They're doing their own things as a result of not liking it and what it's doing. You can kind of guess why. Same things that people had problems with with some of the um, Game of Thrones and House of the Dragon stuff. But This is the big one. Henry Cavill's freaking out for season four. And the guy they're bringing in is... uh, 
What's his name? Liam Hemsworth. He's the yeah, he's the little brother, right? That's why I don't remember his name. He's always a side character. Mm-hmm. And in my opinion, there's nothing memorable about his performances. Farewell. This show's gone. It's not going to be good. I'm calling it now in my gut. The only reason I in season two, I still could enjoy it was because Henry Cavill can sell that character, even if the story isn't isn't. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, even just the look and the way he like vocalizes the character. I mean, it's it's fantastic. So I'm curious, like, <laughs> I mean, there's actually a uh, I can't remember what the I think uh, there there's a petition out there. Hundred and some thousand org. Yeah, it's over a hundred thousand. Over a hundred thousand now already. Like they're like bring Cavill back, and I think Cavill is also doing. Um, they're bringing him back into Superman. Yeah, now, I haven't seen I haven't seen Black Adam. I've heard it's really really good. Right, even um, though it's gotten hit with some serious criticism, which I covered too. But I'm just like, I think the big thing is is like the fact that like when they're fighting in that movie, it feels like it's just a bunch of murderer, and you're like fighting superheroes, so it's kind of like, but you're not gonna die, so like. That's kind of weird, I think, for people. But, but, but I have a film we're going to get a Man of Steel 2, and I'm like all about that shiz. I'd love him to do a trilogy of the Man of Steel. That would be amazing. I feel like he's his generation's Superman, and he just, he does it so well. And he, he does nail it. Yeah. And the Man of Steel comic books have a separate tone from the other comics, and he's hitting that tone, in my opinion, well, too. I think that's very important to remember because you get like the Dark Knight trilogy of Batman. The Dark Knight is a different. This is the thing I think it's important to remember. The Witcher is the Witcher. When you do something like Superman or Spider-Man, like they always frame it a little different, like the amazing Spider-Man. There was a spectacular Spider-Man, right? There was just Spider-Man. The sensational Spider-Man. There were all these different things. And the Man of Steel and then just Superman, like these were their own comic book series. And the thing is, is these specific comic book series had a, had a different tone, right? There was Batman and then there was like the Dark Knight. Depending on what era in which that comic series specifically existed, the tone was different. So when you take on an adaptation off a comic book, it's important to get the tone right. And the Man of Steel so hit the tone of the Man of Steel for Superman. And so there were like layers to how he hit the mark on Superman that I thought was really good. And um, the thing is, is he always talked about with The Witcher about what was important to him. And it was that they were authentic to the source material, not the video games. Yeah, not the video games, the damn books. He is portrayed a little different in the video games compared to the books. Still similar, but he's not like this, like, you know, sort of like character that just hack and slashes everything. I've read them, I know. So not all of them, mind you, but enough to know the difference. And, uh, even in season two, I was like, mm, you're not you're not going where the girl tone should be if you're respecting source material. 
don't even hit me up on like where they went at the end and Siri and that whole stuff and the character they fabricated to keep in there for obvious reasons from the first one, right? Like that. So Henry Cavill, in my opinion, is not one to tap out on something he's a part of. If he takes it on, he dedicates to it. He's always been that way with everything he's done. And I remember watching him talk about taking on the Witcher and Geralt's character and how important it was to him to be authentic to the source material. Plus the interviews about that, why that was important. Oh and yeah. When, when they're not doing it, I'm like, dude, I feel like season three is not going to be good. I feel like it's going to be a hot mess. Something had to make him tap out, man. In season three that he didn't tap out in two, unless it was like, you know, I mean, he has other things going on, yes. too, because he's been pretty busy with other stuff. Like he did like the Enola Holmes stuff. He's Superman's coming back. Sure. Um, and everything. So, I mean, there's that. But still, I I remember there was an interview I think I watched where one of the questions they asked was like, essentially, like, are you the biggest like, you know, source material nerd there? And like in terms of like, do you know the most? And he didn't really answer the question. He was just like, you know, everybody's pretty passionate about it or some, something more generic. But I agree with you. Like, he's read the books. He's very focused mm -hmm. on the source material. And that, in my opinion, like, obviously played The Witcher, right? Know the, like, the story in the game. I would have really liked to have seen something, like, faithful to the book and get, yeah. just kind of get a different flavor of the character. Um, and with Man of Steel as well, one of the things that I read recently, and I thought I put the article up in our kind of show notes area but maybe not mm. but in man of steel 2 they're actually there there's a rumor that they're considering rebooting the um the story whereas like superman never um goes after his uh his brother from another mother from krypton oh zod zod yeah so uh so yeah it'd be interesting to see where they go with it but i i do really I did, even though I would say Man of Steel, the original one, wasn't necessarily as well received as, you know, as ex was expected. I thought you're absolutely right. He's definitely the the uh, the Superman of our generation. Absolutely. And and he and he was he's always very respectful about how he 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 engages. Right. I did a. I actually kind of covered something related to the Rings of Power um, where he <laughs> this is spoilers. Right. Uh, but the, the 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 long and short of it is he did this thing. He talked about Enola Holmes, about, uh, you know, reprising his role as Superman in the future or something like that. I mean, it was pretty clear to me based on his own, like nonverbal communication that like there's something really cool going down and he's like really unable to talk about it. But like, man, does he want to? He was asked how if he watched the Rings of Power. You should have seen him. He gauged the audience. He was like, that's good, right? You know what I mean? He said some positive things about Morphin Clark, and that was about it. And then he was asked about House of the Dragon, and he was like, oh, and he lit up. And the audience was so much louder. And you're like, he did he was gracious in the way he was about leaving the Witcher when he talked about the Rings of Power. But baby, if it didn't tell you something. Yeah. 
right? He didn't even, he he's like, I watched it with what little I could. And then he was asked about that. He's like, oh, I loved it. I watched it all. And you're like. Yeah. <laughs> I don't remember what episode I stopped on with Rings of Power, but it might have been like two. Oh, man. And the first one, I think I slept through half of it. <laughs> oh, man. I was like, damn, if that doesn't tell you something. Oh. I was laughing so hard. You should have heard the, if anybody watched that video I made, right? You should have heard the laughter coming from me when I watched it the first time just to figure out which part I could use. And then I went back and watched it. I was giggles as I watched it and shared it with people. But if you all had seen me watching it, the original, it, it's like that moment when you and Faisal on the Ashes Pathfinder podcast, sorry, not you and Faisal, you and uh, Armored Cell popped up on my video, but no one got to see it. Instead, they just got to see me avoiding it. And you're like, what's the Ashes Pathfinder podcast? Check it out. Sunday, it's 5 p.m. CDT, Central Standard Time, here on my damn channel. You know what, though? Anybody, if you had seen my reaction to these two, you, you only get one take of that where you get the original snapshot. If people could have been, the, I'm telling you, if you could have been a fly on the wall watching me originally i busted up laughing so hard and was all like this i was like i was like oh shit that i lost my shit it was hilarious i was like oh my god i'm cringing so hard he, i can't he's being so nice about this but it's so clear he thinks like it sucks so he gauged the audience put it all on the audience Noted some stuff about her as an actress, and I think it was really referencing what he probably heard in articles. But then with the House of the Dragon, boy, did he light up. You're like, man, you can say all the right things, but boy, if the nonverbals, you know, don't tell you a whole big story all in themselves. Gosh, man. Yeah. That, and that's, that's, that's it, man. He was like talking about, there's Blood Origin too. I saw that there's a, I think yeah. The, I don't know how I'm gonna feel about that. I have a I have a feeling it's gonna have some of the same problems. By the way, yeah, the animated show was pretty cool. Did you catch that? It was like I uh, did. It yeah. wasn't bad. It was anime, but it was still like I liked it. No, I I, I liked it as well. I watched that. It's so rough, dude. I, I'm sad for the Witcher franchise as a whole. I, I, it, any franchise as a whole, I get really like, I kind of get bummed when I see it just get kind of crapped on, you know? The only one I don't feel like it's really getting, I mean, even Game of Thrones kind of got towards the end, but there was kind of, that was the showrunners. And the fact that there was no source material for the end of his books because he hadn't written the damn thing yet finished it yet which he's still working on it but and this is one of the things i'm learning okay and this is no disrespect to george r. r martin at all but you get to a certain age where i feel like psychologically things don't click and work the same way anymore right J.R. tolkien had the same issue this is again no disrespect to him either this is why christopher tolkien did so much of his stuff uh that he couldn't do because there was stuff he wanted to do but he just was not his health wasn't there and i think psychologically cognitively certain functions start to diminish at a certain age and this is why i've been all like "Ooh, shit i better go i'm on a ticking clock over here with the stuff i'm doing 
Clock's ticking. You know, I'm 41. Uh, you're like, that's still young. Yes. But at 50, at 60, uh, what if I've got like 10 books that, I, that could be written and I don't get on move on? You you could be 50, 60, and it's like, and you're not clicking anymore. And then I think you could be in the same place George R. R. Martin is in, where it's going to take him so long to get that last book done. Really? I really genuinely think that. And I'm not, and I'm not disrespecting it all. It's a, it's a fact of life. Yeah. <laughs> Humanizing authors like I am not over here trying to be mad at him, and now I can't. It's a thing I take into consideration, and I'm thinking to myself, you know, uh, retrospectively, I can look at it and I can say, yeah, maybe you shouldn't have focused too much on the show at the time, and you should have stuck with it. Like, J.K. Rowling, brilliant decision, and she's still been writing, right? But she was in probably, I think, younger than me when she wrote the first one, right? And she wrote through the movies as they were going. And I think maybe that's where he maybe made a mistake, right? Is he was for whatever reason, didn't maintain that momentum. Um, and I don't know the exact story as to like, did, did he get picked up by HBO and, and then stop writing the last book? And then that's kind of what delayed it all because like, Oh, amazing. I'm getting picked up to do this. And now they wanted me to be a part of this. And now I'm kind of focusing on that and I'm not focusing on the book. Cause I'm so involved in this. I can see it happen, but you know, and then people are like ragging on it. Cause like, Oh, you're, you did this thing for the Elden ring. And like he did world building, right? He didn't write the story. He did world building. It was a very different thing. I'm not defending him. It is a long ass time. To not get your last book out. I as a potential as a, as a, a brand new budding author that I'm in the, in the process of writing my very first book cringe so hard at the fact of being in that position like that is scary as hell to be where he's at. So I, I feel like maybe he got into the position where he was like helping with this and that distraction served to work against him is what I think. I don't know for a fact I wasn't there, the idea to me of not just keeping the stories going, it scares the shit out of me. Almost as much as not writing any of the stories at all, which to be fair, that scares the shit out of me too. Even where I'm at right now, it's the scariest thing in the world, in my opinion, to want to get all this stuff out of your head and put it onto paper and the, and potentially people not like it. Like, you know, no matter who around me I talk to about it, like my family, my significant other, my friends who are like, oh, my God, this is so amazing. I cannot wait. It's going to be so great. That doesn't really that's great to hear. But as evidenced by that thing's got to be out first, people got to like it. That idea of people not liking it is scary as hell, almost as scary as being in a position where you've done well and they're all waiting on that. And now you got to write it or the story never finished technically in your own words as the creator of that world. And every year that goes by that, that book's not done. He's like, I'm working on it. I'm like, Ooh, but like, how long is it going to take you? How old are you getting? The clock is ticking. I just think about that. And that is 
horrible to think about for me. I would hate to be where he's at. I'm going, oh, homie, you should have kept that momentum going and just got it done. Because that's scary shit to me. I, I can't even imagine that. Meanwhile, the House of Dragons great, but the book still isn't written. And I'm like, how much of that is... Man, I don't know, dude. How old is he now? I don't know. I'm curious. I got to look. I got to know. I got to see this. How old is he right now? Dear Lord, please don't be too. Oh, God, he's 74. That's scary as shit. That scares <laughs> the shit out of me, homie. Oh, that is just. I'm not being an ageist, but cognitive function's a thing. Oh man. And that, and you know, he's in a potential area where like that could be really tough on him. Man, I hope he finishes it for the fans. I mean, George uh, was it uh, Robert Jordan, right? Like that was a sad story. He passed and someone had to finish his work. Brandon Sanderson, like, thankfully was able to do that. But man, the idea that is the scariest thing. Can I can I be real? The idea of starting and then not being able to finish for some reason. Oh, that is it. That's something that can keep me up at night right now. Not, I'm not going to lie. Because it's like it's one thing to me if you don't ever do anything with it. But once you get started, it's like, what if something stops it and you have no way to do anything about it yeah that is scary like like as a creative person myself too it's like just the idea of not being able to kind of see your vision come to life completely right and that's it that's our show we're gonna leave you with that enjoy the depression have a great night i'm just kidding <laughs> pour one out for your homies and then light, maybe take a second yourself light bringers my ass we're, we're bathing in the dark light tonight baby you ever notice I keep bringing that up too, don't you? Bathe in the dark light. See, the I, dark I, light's a thing. Spoiler yes, alert. It is. Yes, it is, Overlord. Yes, it is. But I just am. Yeah, if you ever see me talk about the dark light, that's the thing in my domain. It's going to make a lot of sense. There's a reason I reflected on that. Not because I actually am all about it. That would be like, no. Ooh, now that I've actually said that, ooh, and some of the jokes, people might connect it, and then I get, like, a lot more crap for things later. It's fine. It's not real. Just, just do you, Dark Overlord. Just no, I'm not a Dark Overlord. There are, there are plenty of Dark Overlords out there. I am not the one, son. Not the one, son! But I, I love a good story, and, you know, one of the things to me... I feel like we're in an age where we're not getting. This is one of the things that catalyzed me to want to do this, too. And I'm kind of just like having real talk as a human here. We're approaching 100 episodes in this damn show, by the way. The patron of the light of denial. No, I'm not. <laughs> but the, but real talk, man, is I don't feel, especially these days. I just want to write a good story, right? But I feel like we need more of them in this homogenized era we're living in where it's about reboots, remakes and prequels and, and, and things to just sort of like piggyback off of what sold well. 
And that doesn't mean there aren't good stories out there, but I certainly don't think there are stories that are getting the light of day that they otherwise could in sci-fi and fantasy. Mm -hmm. You know, which is why when I see a really good show or movie, I'm like, oh, thank God. There's a, a spark of light that still exists. And I think, you know, for me, it's like, I just want to put some, and if people like it, good. I've contributed to that, like, deficit that I feel like exists. Because even if you took the fact that I got this whole cool world in my head, pretend like that existed and everything, I'd still feel like it was a much emptier place. Like, there's, I feel like fantasy fiction, sci-fi fiction is in a place that, like, the MMORPG genre is sometimes. Yeah, I agree. There's not enough of them out there in comparison to like spy thrillers, action movies, stories, right? Mysteries. I feel like we constantly keep seeing those, but man, you just don't see enough of the fantasy, man. Most of the ones that we're all invested in are like ones they're not new. They're like, They've been around a while, quite a while, usually. So. Yeah, I mean, I can't, like, recall, like, just, like, movie-wise, like, TV shows, there have been, like, some, but movie-wise, I can't recall, like, a really good fantasy movie that I've seen, like, in the last decade or more. Right? It's, yeah. I mean, there's been sci-fi stuff, for sure. I mean, that seems, I guess grand scheme of things maybe that's like something that's more i don't want to say palatable because that's not the right word but that's got like a maybe a broader base but still um just people aren't really investing at least at the the film level like outside of like say lord of the rings right i think lord of the rings though was again was an adaptation of source material but i'm just talking about truly original fantasy stories in a movie i haven't seen no Uh, like for a long time. It's true. I mean, when we don't have like a new sci-fi series or universe to live in either, not that rivals like Dune, which is being remade or star Wars or star Trek, star Trek's just continuing the story. Mm -hmm. Star Wars, same thing. Right. So it's like, you got this, I don't want to say like monopolies, but you got like the big dogs in fantasy and sci-fi and stuff. And and there's not a whole lot of touching anything else. And realistically, I mean, is that because those things aren't getting a chance or is it because nothing good enough to rise is out there? I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I don't know. I mean, I, I feel like you've got these heavy hitters that are just trying to cash in on, like you were saying, cash in on, things people know or at least generally know as opposed to like really like you said taking a risk and doing something new Uh, because i would yeah i mean i would love to see like a really really good new fantasy like series and even like if they delve into like other book adaptations and they go with like something that's really true to the source material and i don't want to say like go full peter jackson in terms of like three hour movies but at least like (laughs) have enough to be able to like get people hooked on like a new ip 
Yeah. I think that would be great. Um, and uh, I would, I would love to see that because it's, it's, it's been too long, uh, especially in the fantasy genre. I think, like you said, the, the sci-fi genre has gotten some love, especially like with all the, the recent stuff they've had out there with Star Trek and so on. But, but still it's like, I mean, it would be good to, you know, go back to those or really not go back, but at least have like the same vibe as some of those early movies like Willow and others. Right. I mean, those had really good stories. They had the fantasy component, but there was still like really good story at heart and with the characters and so on. True. It's a tough age we're living in, man. Which makes me feel like what I'm working on is a hell of a daunting task too sometimes. Yeah, you keep talking about how Fuck old you're hell. getting, man. You're making me feel older. Stop Sorry it. Sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, in the Shannara Chronicles, I thought was going to have a good shot too, and that kind of got flopped by MTV picking it up, I think. Yeah, then... that, that I was about to say. That, that got the mtv curse not the bezos curse. yeah and you know there's like man it, it just seems like certain things like the witcher ah, could have been great and i think that just got its shot got just stomped on by bad development you know it's bad development i think this is why i have such an issue with uh, you got fantasy worlds right keep our world's shit out of it keep it out of it just keep it out of it let us enjoy it it's what we want to escape to because our world's stupid sometimes i mean i don't mind like having like some sort of messaging in it or something but let it not be the whole focus of the exactly exactly i mean what did what did like just this using star wars an example right it was a great trilogy. I'm just going with the original now because there's obviously issues with the <laughs> newer stuff that some people have. But the <laughs> the original trilogy had themes, it had story and there as well. And it did it did give you like a way to escape, but it also gave you something about the struggle between good and evil. Yeah, the good and evil within ourselves. Yeah, and that's right? the hero's journey and exactly. storytelling. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, it went with the hero's journey, but it was a good story, and it wasn't, you know, there wasn't all this overhead. I guess right. the way I would look at it, right? All this overhead around, um, you know, and I don't mind things that you know have like a social message. Sure, there's many shows that I've watched that kind of deal with tough socially like charged issues but they do it in such a way where you're it's more about the character experiencing that as opposed to like that whole like looking at the camera and like guys you get that this is what we're doing here kind of thing beat you over the head with it and it just it makes that more real and i think the message resonates a lot more when you right. handle it within the confines of the story and it's not this overarching thing like you said to bring yeah. the real world into the material in such a way where it's not it doesn't feel connected yeah well, when it's like priority one that's the priority problem right because yeah i agree because like you said like the hero's journey there's a, it's like stop we gotta don't try to reinvent the wheel there's a reason the hero's journey has worked for thousands of years 
you go back to our, our oldest myths in recorded history, it exists for a reason. Because the hero's journey is really about uh, what we're receptive to because of our own character defects as individuals, right? That we see represented in some capacity in a story that makes us, you know, we root for them because we understand and empathize with that from our own experience as human beings. And when we see them succeed and overcome that, there sometimes is a level of inspiration and wanting to overcome our own things, right? And that's why it's so appealing. You know, there's a reason you can stick with it, right? Of course, your own take on the hero's journey, because there's plenty of amazing takes. I mean, Star Wars was a great take on it. I mean, that's the hero's journey in a nutshell. Like I've gone beat for beat and looked at everything in Star Wars and Harry Potter and um, a lot of different stories, Lord of the Rings, whatever. And I see the beats. They they're there. And it's not like it's a cookie cutter thing. It's it's a set of goalposts that represent something. And you could do a whole lot of different things along the way. And you can express those goalposts in a variety of different ways. But if you do those things people are receptive to it because it's about us identifying with that story. And, you know, the thing is, is you you take like aspects of uh, politics and you infuse that into uh, some story and it relates to our world some way. You can do it in a way that works. Star Wars or sorry, Star Trek's a great example of that. Mm. Right. But it's not about us. And in sci-fi, you can get away with a little more of that. And I think Star Trek Strange New Worlds, is it the first episode? They go to the planet and like this was us back in the day. And it was literally a snapshot of shit going down with the whole check the vote or whatever. The thing that happened in the uh, in, you know, the Capitol. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there's ways you can go about doing it in a way that's not like let's make it all about current politics and everything so this is like the focal point it's like a tertiary point you know maybe even secondary tertiary point to the primary point which is that universe and world and what's going on there and how this sort of supports it in some way or we can identify it with it in some way because it mirrors something but that's different very different so what the hero's journey mirrors what we as humans continue to strive to overcome because it's part of being human. And it, therein lies the thing that I'm, I'm a, I'm this, we're sitting here talking about this and this is the thing. It doesn't seem like they understand. And I, I try to like, understand that. Is it because, because they just don't know how to write a story. So they never went to school to understand this is like one one or, is because they're not actually passionate about this sort of stuff, so that's not in their wheelhouse. I don't know. I'm gonna go like I'm gonna go like full jaded here. I I think it's a number <laughs> of things here. I think one is they're just looking for a paycheck yeah. versus, full and jaded. I agree. It's not it's it's the lack of connectivity to the source material, and I think it's a blind focus on less on storytelling and more on <laughs> message explaining. I mean, that's right? the way I would, it's like message explaining is what it is. I call it studio explaining now. 
studio thing. I like that too. Yeah. I like that too. But it's less about because again, like when I look back at some of the like uh, you know, in the in the past like two decades plus, right? Of what's been out there, and you look at like we were talking about this, I think maybe like a few episodes back around like in things like Indiana Jones mm. and other things, they were just like good, like blockbuster type movies that just told a good story and got you engaged and and it wasn't necessarily about a message but there was messages in there i mean you look at what temple of doom that was one um that you know that had like a you know uh, i would say teachable moments in it with regards to like fanaticism right and so on so i mean there's there's information in there that again you weren't beaten over the head with it you just got a good story and then you got the messages kind of a an afterthought like oh okay yeah i get it um but nowadays i think it's again it's more about like having your voice heard than having the story be told and there's a in my opinion that's the lack of heart and craft today is exactly that it's the lack of storytelling and it's more about studio splitting studio splitting and that's an interesting point too jk rowling changed hard in her writing style come order the phoenix because started to be paid per board it's funny because that's the first book that's the biggest book out of all of them it's back there on a shelf and they're like they're like 300 ish pages give her you know like mid three ladder 300 or something like that pages maybe the first one's like 290 so i can't remember but I've read through the first one. I'm over halfway through the second one. It's kind of like you keep reading when you're right. It's important. It keeps your head in that place. But um, it's interesting. I was looking at the books. And it's like, oh, that's a moderate. Like that's a, you know, it's a conservative sized book. It's like uh, Tolkien stuff, right? They're in the hundreds, several hundreds. It wasn't like 700 pages or anything. But you go boom, boom, boom. And you hit or the Phoenix. I'm like, that is a thick ass book. That's like two of her books in one at that point and then everyone after that they they aren't as big as that one but they're all bigger like significantly bigger so it's interesting to read what serena is talking about in chat because she's saying that her writing changed significantly because she got paid per word by the publisher so there's probably like a lot of fluff in there and i'm now i'm super curious because i'm like oh my gosh really curious about that now because, uh, yeah, I'm going to be getting to that book in the future, and I'm probably going to totally notice it. Yeah, one other thing that's, like, on the subject of uh, J.K. Rowling and her materials, I was a little disappointed to hear that they're li very likely not going to continue the Grindelwald series. I know. That they have. I was, like, so upset. Because, I mean, I, re I really enjoyed Harry Potter, but I did like the, um, mm -hmm. you know fantastic beast series as well i thought that was a really interesting thing again right when you're talking about world building you just have something set in the world as well and you've got familiar characters with a new spin which i thought was really good so that's unfortunate that you know other factors have contributed to the fact that that's not going to happen any further movies are going to happen or you know books for that matter and there's like all the stuff that's going on with her too politically and i'm just like i just i'm i'm not gonna i'm not gonna get super political here but i'm just like dear lord are we are we really putting her over the coals for the stuff she's saying it's not 
not that controversial, but do you know what it is? It's because of who she is and the position she's in. I think right. they just want to put her over the coals and like, you're going to cancel her uh, and, and all of her stuff over this. Like, dear Lord, y'all like, holy shit. And so I'm like, I was reading, I can't remember exactly what the article was. It was like, I don't think there's anything more in movies planned. And it looked contradictory to something I'd seen with her or with Warner brothers. Cause Warner brothers was like pretty big on like doing stuff with her pushing forward. And it feels almost like something changed and now they don't. And I, and I'm, I feel like something's going on behind the scenes with all that. It's hard not to think that it has to do with all that stuff going on publicly. But then if it was like, why, finish off the last couple i it's hard hard to wrap my head around i guess but i guess you know potentially they had a trilogy to do there and maybe she was contracted to do all that with them i don't know um wizarding world's pretty fantastic Milof was talking about i think in chat about uh how the new gameplay for that hogwarts legacy is coming out so i'm actually gonna have to check that out tomorrow too i think see what's up with that that's that's where we're kind of at i think this was a little bit of a therapeutic thing for me i needed to kind of rant about that because like i don't know man for me lately it's just been really hard to watch certain things play certain things because i see stuff like this going on and i'm like can we all just chill out like maybe just chill out and just maybe like focus on making good stories if you don't like what someone says maybe just don't pay attention to it not your problem and maybe just calm down a little bit. We're so quick to take people. I talked about this in re- recent weeks too, related to the Ashes community and other things too. I'm like, maybe just chill out a little bit. Like if you don't like something, just don't pay attention to it. That is a choice. You don't have to read a tweet or an article. Like if you don't like it, like, and if you don't like it and you want to rant about it, maybe make a YouTube channel, post some shit up there. Some works out really great for people, but Maybe just leave that stuff alone, you know, and and don't pay attention to it. I don't know, man. I I like to I like to live a a, an easier, simple life where, you know, good people, good times, less bullshit. And if it's bullshit, I go on my YouTube videos and rant about it, and I post it up there, and I encourage you to do it too. Someone will listen to it. It's a great forum for you to get your stuff out. But like this, like going around and going like we need to take someone out. Because they express a different perspective as us. Oh, my God. Like, dude. Whole set of rants around that, too. Yeah, keep it simple, stupid. I'm a big I'm a big fan of the of that acronym. KISS acronym, right? But that's it, man. Everybody, if you're here, encourage you to be here tomorrow for our Albion Online gameplay. We're going to do our community thing. We're probably going to be doing it about every Friday for the long, long haul. Um I'm looking forward to hanging out with the community tomorrow. I'm sure Daedalus and a lot of the others here are too. It'll be a fun time. And uh, we've got probably a whole nother set of rants coming up next week. So um, I know we won't be doing Thanksgiving. We'll probably be a little stickier on the holidays, depending on what's going on. But planning on it next week. So friends, looking forward to catching you then for the next Elephant Podcast. In the meantime, Daedalus, why don't you shout out your domains where people can find you when you're not on this show? You can find me on Twitter at the Ashen Herald and on YouTube, youtube.com slash the Ashen Herald. Much love, friends. And uh, look, we might be at the end of today's show, but in closing, much love to all of y'all. Thanks for being here with us. We're coming up on 100 and 
We're always looking for more to join the party. Rants of plenty until next time. Live your best lives. Walk in the light and have a great night, everybody. We'll see you real soon. Bye for now. Take care, everybody.